podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. American football is coming to Ireland. Northwestern versus Nebraska at the Aviva Stadium, Dublin, 27th of August, 2022. Good news, that's a Saturday. That means that we are going to be there, the NC Show crew, providing we can get Ollie and Mike through customs. But I'm pretty sure we can. Uh, so we should be there for this in the build-up for the game. It is going to go off. Collegefootballisland.com. That's the website to visit. Uh, register interest. Collegefootballisland.com. Get involved. Welcome to another episode of College Days. Yes, it is still me, producer Ollie, and that is working on that all-important tan and taking a well-deserved break. I'm sure he's getting hounded by paparazzi, being the superstar he is, but hopefully he will be getting some rest. And don't worry, he'll be back for the next episode of the Nat Coombs Show. For now, though, all that matters for College Days is that we have our resident college expert, Ben Isaacs, which we do. This is part two of his mock draft make sure you go check out part one where we go through the first 14 picks in depth it's ben's thought experiment he is giving us his thoughts on which player will go in each pick and to which team and tell us a little bit about that player as well it's absolutely sensational stuff from him so yeah the first 14 picks are in part one but let's rejoin the draft now enjoy guys With the 15th pick, the Philadelphia Eagles select. Chris Alave, wide receiver, Ohio State. So in some ways, I, I feel like Alave is my favorite of the Ohio State wide receivers. I think he's kind of a, a slightly more, I don't think he gets the attention he deserves compared with, compared with Garrett Wilson. But, you know, it's, they, are both, they are both playing at a very high level. Now, when he was playing with Justin Fields, drink, <laughs> Olave was absolutely unreal, as was Garrett Wilson, and they didn't take much of a step back. Um, I think Olave is someone who is going to be a star. I think he's someone who can, he can be a star straight away. I think the Eagles need a young, fast, big play wide receiver who can just go vertical when you need to, um, go shallow across the middle when you need to, just pretty much do it all. He is he is just always, always getting open. Um, the, the biggest knock on him is he's not, he's not physically as big as some of the other guys. And when it comes to like those contested catches... He's no Drake London, where it just seems like Drake London's like, yeah, that's mine. I don't care who you are, that's mine. Chris Olave doesn't have the doesn't have the physique for that, but his roots are so crisp. He's an intelligent player, and it looks like they're riding with Jalen Hurts for the foreseeable future. And this is something that would make Jalen Hurts very happy. I was about to say because it adds to a receiving room that already includes Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. I think the Eagles have a great offensive line. I love Miles Sanders. It does feel like that even though the fact they have the next pick as well, do you think there's any chance that Philly make a play at quarterback in this draft? I don't think so. I think they feel that Jalen Hurts is decent, that Jalen Hurts still has some upside that they've not seen. And in a, in a weak quarterback class, I think they will feel that at least in the first round, because there's, there's, there's an argument to be made that unless you are set with your with two quarterbacks already that you should draft a quarterback every year just to see what happens not in the first round obviously draft someone and see if you can develop them but if the eagles do that i don't think they're going to do it first round no that makes sense and it's odd because it seems like the franchise seemed pretty convinced by jalen hurts but then none of the fans that i've spoken <laughs> no. to seem convinced by jalen hurts especially when throwing the ball so it's interesting but with the 16th pick who do the philadelphia eagles select ben jordan davis defensive lineman georgia now then this guy is another physical freak like the Georgia defense was absolutely outrageous last season. Um, just when it, as a run blocker, he's, he's just always dom dominant. 
he's very difficult. Like you've you've got to you've got to put two guys on him for the most part. Um, he won the he won the Outland Trophy, which is given to like the top interior lineman. Um, he got the Chuck Bednarik Award, which is the best defensive player overall. So I love his athleticism. Um, I think part of the issue is that he has not looked as good on uh, on passing downs. And I think it's fair to say that is because he is not as fit and he is too heavy. And I think an NFL team is going to have to get him down. They're going to have to watch what he eats. They're going to have to work him harder in the weight room. I think he needs to... He needs to be a maximum probably of like 340. And I think, I don't know what he's listed as, but I think he's like about 360. He has got, he's got too much on him and it's slowing him down. He's a little bit of a project, but there is so much talent underneath there that if you get the conditioning right, then I think he can be, you know, a a pro bowler. And he's got the best situation to go to to really develop because he's learning behind Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham to sort of the best veteran D linemen yeah. that we have in the league so surely that is the perfect situation for him to to learn and get better and improve as you said he needs to yeah 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 this is it this is why I think the Eagles can kind of I, I don't think it's necessarily like a risky pick because I think everyone who picks him will feel like well yeah, yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna cut some of that some of the fat off and build more muscle and get him moving quicker. But the Eagles can take him knowing that they've got a little bit of a, a little bit of a cushion there. And, you know, they, they've still got another pick in this round. So they can, they can kind of roll the dice and be like, right, let's take Jordan Davis before he goes. Cause we know we can turn him into someone special. With the 17th pick in the 2022 NFL, Ben Isaacs mock draft, the already loaded Los Angeles Chargers select. Trent McDuffie, cornerback, Washington. Um, Very quick guy, very athletic, very versatile. He's, he seems that he really comes into his own on on third downs, um, put him in, out, nickel, whatever you want to do. He's just, he's got great instincts. It just seems like he is someone who was made to be a top level cornerback with the with the way that with the way that he sees the ball um his his man coverage is fantastic um he's good at he's good at tracking the ball just not as good as say like a a stingley i like his i like his tackling he is just a brainy player who could do with just having longer legs and longer arms but he plays like he's he plays like he's bigger he's not he's not quite six feet but he's physical enough and he's athletic enough that he can he can he can jump high and he can make plays on the ball when you need him to. One of my favorite aspects of the draft, the build up to the draft process is the insane reviews that you see of players and sort of their physical <laughs> capabilities. One of my favorite phrases I heard was about Trent McDuffie, which was he won't be everyone's cup of tea because of his sub 30 inch arms. <laughs> which I just think is such a brilliant turn of phrase and just a hilarious way to describe a human being. And I'm just wondering <laughs> what other situations you would ever hear yeah. someone say that outside of the draft process. Yeah. And you know, it is so often when you are hearing draft assessments, it's easy to forget that you're actually talking about like human beings. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is weird the way that the way that we'll talk about them. Like we're kind of like they're at the car dealership. Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting, though, that you've gone with a defensive player for the Chargers, because, I mean, what a secondary this would be. But I'm still a little bit concerned about their offensive line next year, because there are some holes in there. Yeah, true. I I feel like, um, although there are other offensive linemen available, I feel like there's a drop-off after the after the ones that we've already had taken, that I feel that they would they would want to go with a player who I think is better and can... Can fill can fill any. I think I think that defense is going to be fantastic to watch in LA next season. The Chargers, the, we I think we would all agree the Chargers are building something special. Um, and they're in win now mode as well, aren't they? They are. They are. In, they are in win now mode. And he is someone who can who can hang around for a while. With the 18th pick 
in the 2022 NFL Ben Isaacs mock draft. The New Orleans Saints select. Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas. Now, obviously, this means he's only my fourth favorite wide receiver, um, but he had a fantastic season uh, last year. He's had a fantastic career, basically, at Arkansas. Super consistent. He's got a big frame. Players just seem to bounce off him. Like you, you, you would better really wrap him up if you're going to tackle him. And ideally, bring a friend because otherwise he's just, he's just going to go. He's great with those 50-50 balls. And you know who's always throwing up 50-50 balls? Jameis Bloody Winston. <laughs> yeah. So if you are going to have to have someone fighting for those contested catches and Drake London's long gone, Traylon Burks is probably that guy. Like They need to have someone for, for Jameis to actually get the ball to who is going to be able to fight for it, and he can't rely on just one guy. They are going to need multiple multiple people there who can fight for the ball because Jameis is not going to put it on a dime every single time. Sometimes it's just going to be thrown up there and someone's just got to go and get it. And if that's going to be, if that's going to be someone, it should be books. As to a wide receiver room as well, which hopefully you never really know with this guy will also include Michael Thomas, but yeah, exactly. Gives Winston the extra weapons, which he definitely needs mm-hmm. alongside the likes of you've got Alvin Kamara as well, Traquan Smith, Marcus Callaway. It could be very interesting if Traylon Burks is someone who can make an instant impact. That Saints offense could dramatically improve last year, this year, especially considering what we saw from uh, the Taysom Hill led New oh. Orleans Saints offense last year. But let's move on to what does seem like I've said the Philadelphia Eagles already <laughs> a million times, but the 19th pick of the 2022 NFL Ben Isaacs mock draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select. Devin Lloyd, linebacker, Utah. And yes, this is their third pick uh, in the top 19. So Utah just seems to churn out really high character guys that work super hard and are very athletic. And like Devin Lloyd played five, like five seasons there. He was there for, he was there for a while learning the game, red shirting. He's really powerful. He's like a real downhill runner, physical guy. I'd stick him. I, you know, he can, he can go in a four, three or three, four, which is what, um, which is what coaches are going to really like. That means he's kind of, his options are wide open. Um, through the through the first round, I think you want to stick him as a as an offense an offensive lineman, an outside linebacker, and just let him kind of let him go to work. He's again one of these brainy players that plays hard, has been well coached, and seems to enjoy being coached. Like the the the, the kids who go to Utah kind of accept they're going to be they're going to be worked hard. There's not going to be a whole lot of glamour there. They're going to be quite overlooked, but they're going to be so consistent and so competitive every every game he was like a real leader in that locker room he was the captain there and i think he's someone who will just grow into a role there in philadelphia where you could say like in in three seasons time it's like oh it's devin lloyd's defense like he's the brains there he's the one kind of like directing traffic and kind of keeping things keeping things moving he's someone who can be a starter in this league for a long time I read somewhere that he's a carbon copy of Fred Warner, which is an incredible <laughs> level of praise. Because I think Fred Warner is easily one of the best linebackers, one of the best players in this league. Um, I'd say that's not that's not too far. Off. I'd say it's like he's got the potential to be that to be that guy. Um, and because of how coachable he is, there's kind of no excuse for him to not be able to at least come near that level. But you're right, that is high praise, and I will. I'll hold off before I make that comparison, but he's, he's got that trajectory and I wouldn't be surprised. So with the Eagles getting linebacker, Devin Lloyd with the 19th pick defensive lineman, Jordan Davis with the 16th pick and Chris Alave with the 15th pick, the wide receiver out of Ohio state. How much of an improvement do you see for the Philadelphia Eagles? Not necessarily immediately, but going forward with these three picks and such early picks in this draft. Obviously, already a playoff team last year, but by I don't uh, like almost yeah, they don't really count as a playoff no, team, but they no, did I make the playoffs. I, yeah, by the rules, yeah, exactly. Yeah, try putting them in the AFC and see if they make the playoffs. Exactly. Um, I think I think these are three players who they can build the franchise on for years to come we'll see how the quarterback position plays out but Jalen Hurts doesn't really have many excuses in terms of kind of um, weapons he's got around him the defense will look really ferocious 
and I think they can I think they can make they can make a step up just next season. The the NFC East is really interesting with the with the changes that are going on and teams kind of come the teams coming up because it's been a it's been a pretty weak division. Um, I think you know the 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 Commanders and the Eagles will have their sights on the Cowboys. We'll see what the Cowboys can do. The Giants are kind of uh, they are very much so. I think I think they haven't yet started their rebuild. I think they're a few years behind the Giants and the Commanders in that in that position. But if the if the Eagles come out of this draft with those three immediate impact players, and that's forgetting what who else they might bring in, they might get some bargains. That's something that can set them up for not just this season but further down the line. So exciting times for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, it's actually, I hadn't really thought about that, how interesting it is in the NFC East, because you do have the commanders feeling like they have improved yep. to a certain extent, and with the Eagles improving after this draft, and also getting Hassan Reddick as well in their defence. It does feel like the Cowboys have moved backwards in this free agency, yeah, yeah. especially losing the likes of Murray Cooper. So it'll be really interesting for to see what happens in the NFC East, which I think is the first time I've said that in about five years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's 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 nice to be able to be like, oh, I'm interested in the NFC East this year, rather than like, oh, that's that's a division I can just forget about until December. Yeah. Exactly. Which we've done for the past sort of three or four seasons, it seems. The twentieth pick in the 2022 NFL Ben Isaac's mock draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Trevor Penning, offensive tackle. Northern Iowa. Now then, I accept this is not glamorous and Northern Iowa are not one of the big boys. They play in the Missouri Valley Conference. But I think he is one of the best offensive tackles in this draft. When I said there was a drop-off, this is why I don't think he would be picked earlier than this because there is a drop-off after the likes of Evan Neal. But he is someone who was just absolutely flawless in the passing game at Northern Iowa. He is strong and athletic. He's got, he's got great balance. He's very tough. He's everything you would want in that sort of player, right? And he's six foot seven. He's got long legs, long arms, lots of power. He is like a, he's kind of a quarterback's best friend. It's like, I'm going to protect you and I am going to see I'm going to see that rush before it happens and I'm going to be able to adjust and keep these guys away from you the entire time. Now, the Steelers do have some other needs. They don't really have their quarterback in the future, I don't think. I'm interested to see what will happen. But my God, I think having Trevor Pennington is going to make, Trevor Pennington is just going to make whoever that quarterback is looking like Mitch Trubisky right now look better than he is because he's going to give him that extra bit of time. Yeah, I saw in an interview that Penning told the media that he prides himself on being the meanest, strongest and toughest guy out there, which has Mike Tomlin and the Steelers team written all over it. So <laughs> it I does. love that fit. He, he's got a chip on his shoulder about the fact that he ended up at Northern Iowa and I think he will feel vindicated making it into the NFL and he just will not take that chip off his shoulder. He, will, he knows this works for me. I'm just going to keep going now. Is it fair to say that Mitch Trubisky never really had a solid offensive line in Chicago as well? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. He actually played better than he had any right to play, considering the situation he was put in with the coaching and the lack of protection. So I still don't feel like, oh, Trubisky is a bust. Trubisky didn't work out in Chicago, and that's as much Chicago's fault as it's Mitch Trubisky's fault, more Chicago's fault. And... Obviously, it's an upgrade having Justin Fields drink, but he is someone who can he can be an NFL starter. We'll see if that happens like long term, but he's got the tools and he's in a better situation, I think, in Pittsburgh than he was in Chicago. I hope it works out for him because he is a really, really good guy and he's a really hard worker. And he is just he's got he's got a lot of tools. He was drafted too too high. That's not his fault. It's like when People complain about people being overpaid. That's not their fault. Blame the teams, not the players. And I think Trubisky, this could be his second act now is going to be fascinating. It'll define his NFL career going forward. And he's in a good situation. He is in a good situation, although he does have quite a difficult job when you compare him to the rest of the quarterbacks in the AFC North. Yes. Alongside Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and of course, 
Joe Burrow. So it'll be he's, interesting to see how he does, but he does, I think, have one of the best coaching staff in the NFL yeah, behind him. He does, but he is by far the worst starting quarterback in that division. And I would say the Steelers are the worst team in that division right now, but that's partly because it's a fantastic division. So yeah, he's got the right staff around him. You're, you're absolutely correct. Those coaches there will give him everything that he needs to potentially succeed. And that works perfectly as we move on to the 21st pick in this draft. The New England Patriots select Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback Clemson. Um, it's a good draft for the secondary. Um, now, the, the thing is with Andrew Booth Jr. as well is that although he is a very, a very smart player on the on the field, he is like incredibly good academically. And you get these academic guys and they work really hard because they know they know like the way that the way that they would have played in high school and college. They were always like working on the books. They're intelligent guys. They're they're gritty. And Bill Belichick just loves those players. So I see him being like a really good kind of outside corner um, for the Patriots. Very versatile. Um, he needs to work on his tackling. Um, he's just not as aggressive as I would like. And sometimes he just kind of, he needs to kind of plant his feet and just kind of use a bit of power rather than kind of like jump at guys. There's stuff that will need to be worked on. As you get to this point of the draft, you there, there are more flaws in the players, obviously. But he is someone who can start early and feels a great fit, I think, for Belichick and the Patriots. Yeah, no JC Jackson, no Stefan Gilmore anymore. The Pats need help at corner. So this pick makes complete sense. Such an important position as well when you consider all the quarterbacks and wide receivers we now have in the AFC. But it has feels like it's been quite a bizarre off-season by the Patriots. Do you think that with, say, they get Andrew Booth Jr. in this draft, would you say that the team has improved in this off-season or actually taken a step back? I think they've taken a step back. And I think it doesn't help the division that they are in. And it's wild. Like, after so long of talking about the Patriots, having to be like, oh, you know, that's a really tough division they're in. They've got to, they've got to, they've got to keep up. They've got to keep up with the Bills and the Dolphins and like the Jets are going to improve. But this, this, is, this is the new reality of it for the Patriots. Yeah, I think they've taken a step back, but they've still got Bill Belichick. Mac Jones, with a year of experience under his belt, I think can improve, although his ceiling is lower than that of, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields drink. Um, but yeah, Patriots taking a step back. This isn't this is an upgrade for them because they've got they've got a hole there. But Bill Belichick does his does his best work in like the second, third, fourth rounds. And that's I think where we'll see at the end of that, we might be like, oh, the Patriots might look better than they did. So we'll have to see when the entire draft is done. You know, it's been an NFL odd season when we're talking about how interesting the NFC East is and how the Patriots are going to struggle because of how much the Jets and Dolphins have improved in yeah. an off season. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm sitting here having this conversation. It's April. There's snow outside. Um, and yeah, we're talking about oh, can, the, can the Patriots compete with the Dolphins and Jets? And it's not even an April way Fool's behind joke. The bills. Yeah, it's not even an April Fool's joke. We're being yeah. deadly serious at this point in time. It is yeah. bizarre. Another team who has had uh, a very interesting offseason is the Green Bay Packers. Who do you have them selecting with the 22nd overall pick in this draft? I have them picking Jermaine Johnson, Edge Russia, Florida State. Now, there's a lot of speculation. Oh, now they'll finally take a wide receiver. But with the, with the way that the dominoes have fallen... In this mock draft, I feel that Jermaine Johnson is the guy for them, a potentially dominant edge rusher, a guy who people might know from um, Last Chance U. You know, he 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 bombed out. He like he had to go to you know he had to go to the, the JUCO route. Um, he was he he ended up at Georgia, and he he was kind of he showed some he showed some glimpses of his ability at Georgia. And then he played a season at Florida State where he was one of the best defensive players in the entire country on a Florida State team that was wildly inconsistent. He was he was one of the few constants there. 
um, his pursuit of the quarterback. He, see, I, it always feels like he's got something personal against the quarterback. The way that the way that he goes after them, he is just so driven to get to them. Um, there was like everyone knew that he had talent, and it was like right. You need to prove it now at FSU, or there is no chance of you going in the first round and getting a big contract. And he just, he got it. He just absolutely nailed it. And I think you're either going to see him in a 4-3 as a defensive end or a 3-4. Um, sticking with like the sticking isn't like an offensive an offensive. I keep saying this an outside linebacker where he had played a little bit early in his career before kind of settling into the sort of on more on the line. So he can, he can come into any scheme, powerful and explosive. I think you've just got to kind of, you've got to keep an eye on him as with anyone who's kind of like bombed out and had to go Juco. There can be some issues there, but I think he's, I think he's shown that he's, he's ready to be a professional and I think the Packers are going to go for best player available rather than rather than reach for a replacement wide receiver who is it's going to be a step back anyway. Yeah. And just looking at the situation for the Green Bay Packers at edge rusher, Preston Smith has an enormous cap number in 2022 in his final season under contract. And Rashawn Gary is entering his final season under contract as well. So it does make sense for this team to look to the future at the edge rusher position. However, Ben, I really, really hope if this is their pick in this draft, that there is a camera somewhere on Aaron Rodgers just to, just to capture that reaction. Oh yeah. 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 It does feel like, you know, if, if it feels like he was kind of trolling them with the contracts, I think they're just going to troll him with the draft now. 100% it would be very very entertaining with the 23rd pick in the 2022 NFL Ben Isaacs mock draft the Arizona Cardinals select George Kalaftis edge rusher Purdue I did say it was a good draft for edge rushers Um, so he's the he's the NFL's Greek freak he didn't move to the US until he was until he was 13 so he's someone who's come to this game relatively late but he is really powerful he is really quick and agile you can put him in like at certain points you see him in a three-point stance sometimes in a two-point stance and he would be just he would just be disruptive the entire time um you could just play him every single down and just have him take take that edge and just do what he does it's it's the it's the explosive nature of the way that he plays that the coaches the coaches love and they're gonna like it's a the the NFC West is kind of it kind of thrown on its head um because of Russell Wilson leaving. But I think the Cardinals have still got to think about the quarterbacks that are gonna be in that division. And they need to they need to do something because the Cardinals just were disappointing with the way that their season ended. And I think they need some help on defense. No better person to learn behind either than J.J. Watt, who has one year left on his deal in Arizona. Let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys. Who do you have them taking with the 24th overall pick? Kenyon Green, offensive lineman, Texas A&M. Now, again, this is not a super glamorous one, but this is this is something that this is something they really need, I think. Um He can play anywhere on that line. Just plug him in. I think they're going to go for value here, Dallas. And this is, this is, this is great value um, because of his versatility, super experienced, played so many games for Texas A&M was so good the entire time, a real, a real competitor. And although he's big, he's very mobile. He kind of can move like left and right, surprisingly, surprisingly quickly. And that really helps when you're trying to make those make those quick blocks where a hole seems to be forming and you can make that step, get away from the, get away from the, uh, where you need to be to get into a place where you're needed even more. But if you can't make that lateral movement and some, some linemen are just too big to make that lateral movement quickly, you can't, you can't stop that rusher who's kind of coming through the center or coming through on the edge. So he is someone who can keep Dak Prescott upright. He can create holes for Zeke and can be a mainstay on that line wherever they need him. Do you think he's a suitable replacement for Lyle Collins, who, of course, was traded to Cincinnati Bengals earlier yeah. this offseason? Yeah, I think that is, a, that is a gaping hole 
Um, it's an area of need. Like that's a big loss. Um, but I think he's got it in him to make them forget him eventually. Now it's interesting as we get deeper into this draft, we're sort of getting to the teams who are blessed with more talent. So they're more just mm. sort of filling holes at this point. Speaking of which, the team who I think are probably favorites going into this NFL season with the 25th pick, who do you have the Buffalo Bills selecting? Nicobe Dean, linebacker, Georgia. Um, We've had plenty of defensive players come out of Georgia in this draft, and it's going to happen for a, it's going to happen for a few a few rounds. Um, he is. We're talking about kind of like carbon copies. To me, he reminds me of Patrick Queen. I don't think I'm the only person who are thinking that. He's like a he's a he's a TFL machine. Like just all those tackles for losses are just absolutely fantastic he's great at kind of dropping into dropping into zone coverage if you need him to cover a running back he's doing that he does does everything really now i'm not sure he is going to be a day one starter or whether he needs to be a day one starter in buffalo i think they'll kind of get him in the mix and soon after maybe like maybe the season after he will be an established starter he's just he's so good He's so good. And I know that just sounds like kind of, well, yeah, all these players should be good. But I, I love him for Buffalo because it's kind of the rich getting richer. It just feels like they, they don't have like, oh, God, we've got these holes. We're like one player away. They're not one player away. They just need to get deeper and stronger. And he, he is perfect for that. This Buffalo Bills team are going to be a serious force to be reckoned with this season as they were last season. And maybe if we had had the overtime rule that we have now, mm. last season we <laughs> would have been seeing a different Super Bowl winner because I thought the Buffalo Bills were sensational last year, as were the Tennessee Titans up until the point where they had to actually win in the playoffs. And we yeah. saw a dismal performance by a certain quarterback Ryan Tannehill, does that mean that the 26th pick, the Tennessee Titans are going to take a quarterback? It means they're going to take Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State, and just take these excuses away from Tannehill. They seem, they seem wedded to, to Tannehill, at least, for the, at least for the short term. So I think you've got to give him these kind of, these people who can just make catches on the perimeter, go long. You know, he's someone who he wasn't he wasn't super super highly recruited um when he came into penn state and he was kind of a he was a local local kid and one of the things he was doing was kind of track and field and he's super fast so the things that he has that he can bring to the titans are that big playability and just absolute blazing speed um that speed gives him the separation that he needs um he needs to be i think he could do with putting on a bit of muscle um, and hope that doesn't slow him down because he's not, he's not great with kind of yards after the catch. Like he can make that great catch, but you're going to tackle him. He's not that difficult to, that, that difficult to bring down really. Um, and when it comes to those contested catches, he will go for it, but sometimes, sometimes those balls can get, can get picked off, but he doesn't, he doesn't seem afraid to kind of, to go after the ball in difficult situations. So, I think they want these, they want those kind of gritty guys who are willing to fight for the ball in that, in that Tennessee offense. They don't like, they're not just going for kind of glitz. And I think Jahan Datsun is one of those kind of blue collar uh, big play receivers. And alongside Robert Woods and AJ Brown in that receiving room, I mean, Ryan Tannehill definitely won't have any excuses whatsoever. And you would hope that Titans can have similar success this season. Are we looking at, every sort of player as we go through sort of these later picks in the first round with sort of some of the more successful teams, are they all players who you expect will be able to just plug in and add to these win now rosters? For the, for the most part. Yeah. Um, like they, the, the great thing is, is that when you are drafted in this range, you're going to a good team and you're not expected to be the guy who has to turn it around. Yeah. And that, that takes a lot of the pressure off. It also means you're surrounded by talent. And it means that like, if you, if you're a pass rusher, you're, you might not be getting double teamed because there's someone established over the other side who is getting double teamed. So these are great situations, but these are all play. If you draft a player in the first round, you can have a reasonable expectation that they should be able to start day one. If they're not 
if they're not a quarterback or if it's not something where you feel, okay, well, we rotate in that position anyway. So the the starter label is slightly meaningless because of how, how they use the players. But yeah, all these players should be able to make an impact straight away. So who is the fortunate player that gets to play alongside Tom Brady for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Who are they picking at 27? Zion Johnson, offensive lineman, Boston College. Now, the the Buccaneers are not in a position where they uh, where they have lots of holes and lots of problems. They certainly don't have a quarterback of the future, but they've very much got a quarterback of right now. And I think just just keep him protected. Just use like you know get him in as a as a guard. Keep that offensive line looking good. Keep it so you can run the ball when you need to. Give Brady plenty of time. It's not a kind of desperation pick. I think it's someone who they're like, right, we can plug this person in straight away and is going to be, is going to be good. He's a, he's again, one of these aggressive guys who's good with his hands at keeping defensive players away from, away from a quarterback and Boston college were, were, you know, again, it's not the most glamorous place to play, but he really stood out and is someone who should have a long career. Now be very, very careful, Green Bay Packers, with your next pick. I think there's going to be a riot within the camp and probably from the fan base if this isn't a certain (laughs) position with the 28th pick. Who do the Green Bay Packers select? Jamison Williams, wide receiver. Few. Alabama. Few. And the the fans go wild (laughs) to... To find Aaron Rodgers just praying that this will this will happen. So he was um he started Ohio State and that wide receiver room was packed. Um, you know, as you'll as you'll know, the, the quarterback there was Justin Fields drink. Um so he transferred. I mean, you know, how good have you got to be? It's like, yeah, I, I went from Ohio State to Alabama, and then he became the guy. At Alabama, his roots are absolutely beautiful. Um, you want to be able to kind of spread him out and kind of keep him keep him wide. Although he did work in the slot, I like him just kind of like I like him using using a bit more quickness and going vertical. But the thing is, is that if you do those shorter passes with him, his ability to run with the ball after the catch is just exceptional. He's just, I, he can be like a kind of a greased pig trying to, trying to, trying to catch him. Just people miss him. They cannot bring him down. I think he's going to be so much fun to watch. And I think if he ends up in green Bay, Aaron Rodgers is going to make him look like an absolute superstar straight away. Just he, he can be, I think if he ends up in green Bay, Within a month, we're like, oh, is this guy offensive rookie of the year? Because I think he'll get so many opportunities. And that's largely due to the fact that they barely have anyone else in that yeah. wide receiver room, yeah. it seems. So, I mean, he's going to have to play a huge part in this offense. And it's interesting that you kind of, as we discussed with some of these later teams, that they don't necessarily have to pick players who need to kind of rebuild the team whereas it kind of feels like Jamison Williams has got quite a lot of pressure going into this yeah. season if he is the only wide receiver picked in this first round by the Green Bay Packers yeah no it's it's a it's a great point because although the Packers are in a position of strength in a way they're not because that that wide receiver court is nowhere near where it should be right now if they are going to make a Super Bowl run and if they don't add a top wide receiver and bear in mind that top wide receiver could come in the third round. Someone who's a breakout star. It's not like it's all about the first round. It's all about how that player fits in and how he performs. But if they don't add a top level wide receiver, I don't see them going deep in the playoffs. They, they need someone there. Jameson Williams can do that job, but even then it's still not as good as what they had last season. 100%. And it's interesting to see all these sort of trade talks surrounding wide receivers like DK Metcalf and to see if Green Bay are actually in the mix for that. Because otherwise, as you said, they, they might be struggling going into yeah. the season, especially and in the deep parts. Obviously, 
we're do, we're doing this without trades because it would be crazy to just yeah. say like okay well we're gonna have the packers they're gonna trade up and do this or whatever obviously there are going to be trades and there can be trades on the day where i wouldn't be that surprised if the seahawks traded dk metcalf to a team and things all kind of got a bit got a bit jumbled so it could happen and the team who has the I think have the strongest link so far to trading for DK Metcalf is the Kansas City Chiefs who have the next two picks and funnily enough they were the team that picked McCall Hardman ahead of DK Metcalf mm. in a draft a couple of years ago and I like McCall Hardman I think he's good he's a decent sort of third or fourth option but he's certainly not DK Metcalf and the Kansas City Chiefs alongside the Green Bay Packers are the other team picking late in this draft who you think have a lot of holes to fill especially on that defense and you would potentially say that wide receiving core as well depending on how highly you rate Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling so with all of that in mind with the 29th pick Ben who do you have at the Kansas City Chiefs taking? Christian Watson wide receiver North Dakota State now I agree I think they've got holes on the defense I think they also need a wide receiver and obviously they've got two picks in a row so they can they can they can do that He's a very agile guy who can just he can make big plays because of his because of his speed. If you are not on him straight away, he is going to be gone. Um, there are there are certain points where he would be kind of getting that separation very quickly, and some where he's making cuts, he's um, he's not necessarily getting away as as quickly as you would like. Um, and I think because he's because he's quite big, he's got a big frame. Um, he's like six foot four, about two ten. Sometimes it seems like he's struggling to get away from away from players, and I think it's a bit of an optical illusion. I really like this guy. Now, North Dakota State are obviously not in the top level of college football, but they are one of the they are one of the big boys at the uh, at the FCS level. He's just a very dynamic guy. He feels like the sort of player that really fits in with the way the Chiefs do things. And I think you're probably going to see him um, returning, returning kicks as well as, as well as, as well as lining up as a wide receiver a lot. So to me, they're in an interesting position, the Chiefs. And this is, this is the guy who can sort of fill a little bit of a Tyreek Hill size hole. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Ben. Mm-hmm. Would you trade away the 29th pick and the 30th pick in this draft for DK Metcalf if you were the Chiefs? Uh, yes, I think I would. I think I would because I know that DK, I know what I'm getting with DK Metcalf. And I think you know that he is going to play at such a high level. I think you'll you'll feel he would fit in with that with that defense, that defense, that offense so well that you can just, you can pick up defensive pieces in later rounds. It might be, you want to kind of trade up in the second round to get a defensive player that you like and kind of get rid of like a, a lower, a couple of lower picks. I think that would make sense for the chiefs. It would be an aggressive thing to do. Um, Whether the Seahawks, whether the Seahawks want that, I don't know, but if they are going to go full rebuild, which I wouldn't blame them, then getting a couple more first round picks is a pretty nice option. Yeah, I think so. I think it would actually work for both parties because the Seahawks could also, with one of those picks, potentially take a risk on a quarterback because it's sort of less valuable at that position. But with all that in mind, say that they don't trade for DK Metcalf and they keep the 30th pick, who do the Kansas City Chiefs take, Ben? Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman, Georgia. I've not kept track of how many defensive players yeah, I was out about of Georgia. To say, geez, this is crazy. Yeah, that shows you. And but note, all on defense. Like Georgia's success last year was built on defense. They won their national championship with a fantastic defense. So he is an absolutely fantastic kind of three-down defensive lineman. You'll want to play him. You'll want to play him inside. Great quickness. Just, I mean, you can you can move him round. And you can have kind of like a uh, one technique, three technique. He can kind of do it all, really. One of these players who's a little bit overlooked because they were kind of bigger stars on that defense, even like on that defensive line. But he's like a super hard worker. 
he just he just never seems to stop he's got a great motor intelligent guy moves really well for his size because he is he is another he is another pretty big guy i really like him and i think he's again very very coachable very experienced very versatile again someone who because of those because of those tools he should have a very long career and now the pick we've all been waiting for, or specifically that I have been waiting for, there is a couple of positions that I think the Bengals need help in. But who do you have, Ben, the Cincinnati Bengals selecting in the 2022 NFL Ben Isaacs mock draft? Roger McCreary, cornerback, Auburn. Now, what an athlete this guy is. Um, he is just... In terms of kind of like man coverage, he is, he's just always looking for the ball. Like he is so aggressive going after that ball, such a competitor in coverage. So he's um, like, he has been uh, in the SEC where the best defensive players seem to be. He has been just one of the best defensive players, like by far. Um he is a starting quarterback in the NFL, as far as I'm concerned, straight away. Um, the If you're going to criticize him, I would say you could perhaps could do with having slightly longer arms and legs. Um, but he's so versatile. He's so strong. He's so quick that the fact he's, the fact he's 5'11", he plays like he's kind of 6'3". So I don't really have an issue with his size. It's uh, He only seems that small when you kind of like see him not moving but he's always moving so a fantastic run defender when he needs to be doing it i i love him and i think great value here for the bengals that's amazing news all i really wanted was a defensive player that we could plug in immediately and would be a starter so if you're saying that he has the ability to do that that is exceptional and he should be a great partner to mike hilton who has been brilliant for the bengals since we signed him last season eli apple we also re-signed but i don't think he's a starter he's a good sort of second third option he yeah. actually played or he played well in the playoffs last season but i'd much rather have someone with roger mccreary's talent in the Cincinnati Bengals. The only other place I thought we potentially could go is sort of pass rusher because we will miss Larry Ogunjobi next season. But at the same time, I think Roger McCreary and that cornerback position makes the most sense because it doesn't look like we're going to get Stefan Gilmore, despite the fact that a lot mm. of Bengals fans feel like we are the front runners for him. I just don't see that happening. So Roger McCreary makes a lot of sense. And to go along with all of the brilliant free agency moves we've made on the offensive line, Cincinnati Bengals making smart moves. Very, 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 smart very moves. smart moves, which again is feels weird to say, but absolutely brilliant to say. And I, I just can't wait for the season to start and to see how well this Bengals team can play. On the flip side, we have with the 32nd pick <laughs> in the 2022 NFL, Ben Isaac's mock draft. We go back to the Detroit Lions. Who are they going to select Ben. Okay. Okay. Lions fans strap in Matt Corral quarterback Ole Miss. This is the Lions taking a big swing. This is the Lions feeling. Okay. Look, we have seen the difference a top level quarterback makes. We've seen how Matt Stafford, who we let leave for, for the right reasons. We, we let Matt Stafford leave. He went to the Rams turned them from a very good team into a Super Bowl champion. That tells you all you need to know about the importance of having the right quarterback. And they need to get the right quarterback. No one thinks that Jared Goff is even like the medium-term answer in Detroit. Apart from that. Yeah, well, (laughs) thankfully he's not here. Yeah. (laughs) So we can agree Jared Goff is not the answer. If If he's the answer in Detroit, it was a pretty stupid question. So... Matt Corral is a risk. All these quarterbacks are a bigger risk than normal. Do I think Matt Corral is a first-round talent? I do not. Do I think that someone is going to reach for Matt Corral? Yes, I do. And I think the Lions will know that. The Lions will know there will be teams who are going to be like, do you know what? Maybe I'll take him. Maybe the Giants will make a move. Maybe someone's going to try and be like, okay, look, we we are in need. So let's go for someone. Matt Corral had some fantastic games last season he he and he can like he threw the ball 
really well because in 2020, he just threw a lot of interceptions. And then in 2021, he basically just stopped doing that, which was, which was great. He became much more accurate. It seemed like he had done a lot of work. He, he's great running the ball when he needs to. But he also learned in 2021 to not do that at the wrong times. Too often he'd be like, ah, okay, I'm just going to run. And he shouldn't have. You know, he should just give himself a second, wait for people to get open. He learned a lot in 2021. I was surprised at how well he improved. But he still had some really bad games. And too often it would be like he would not go through his progression fast enough or just at all. Um, He... He did learn to like, you know, take some checkdowns or go for kind of like a go for the 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 shallow receiver because he seemed too often he would want to he'd want to go for the big play and he doesn't have that super top level arm strength and he doesn't have the super like the super size that sometimes you want from a from a quarterback and I've seen people say like if he's playing in cold weather and if he's playing in windy situations how will he fare? And I think although the Lions will obviously play, you know, road games in Green Bay and Chicago every season, they will play the majority of their games in a dome because they play in a dome and they will play Minnesota in a dome. And that's forgetting other teams that play in a dome. And, you know, I don't think anyone picks a quarterback and thinks, okay, well, they can only throw in a dome. If you do genuinely think that, you're not going to draft them. But you might feel like, you know, has he got the power to kind of push through a lot of wind? And we shall see. I like Matt Corral, and I do feel that he's someone who is going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL one day. I I just don't think he's one of the top 32 players. But I think someone... Like, oh, here's what I think will happen, right? We'll either have no quarterbacks taken in the first round or we'll have all three taken. Because I think if one goes, people will start to panic and feel like, uh-oh. Like, you don't want it to be, if it's musical chairs, you don't want to be the, 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 the person left standing. And I think the Lions might feel, okay, we've got this extra pick. We've already got like a, an impact player. Let's get Matt Corral and see if he can be our long-term player. Let's see if he can be our next Matt Stafford. So what's your opinion on the other quarterback that I've seen certain mock drafts have in going to various different teams in Desmond Ridder, who was the Cincinnati quarterback? So Desmond Ridder had in some ways the best season out of all of these guys because of the, because of the way that um, the way that the Bearcats kind of played last season. Now there's, he didn't have over the course of his career, perhaps he didn't show as many flashes of elite talent as the other guys. And like, you know, Kenny Pickett was just so consistent. Malik Willis is kind of like, he's potentially a Lamar Jackson guy. I think, I think Ritter is the, is the fourth out of these, out of these quarterbacks. But the thing is like, in the same way, people didn't expect Zach Wilson to go number two. People didn't expect Trubisky to go number two. I wouldn't be that shocked if somebody upsets the apple cart and decides, you know what? Desmond Ridder is the best quarterback in this class. It could easily happen. Like Because these four quarterbacks, none of them I feel are in the top 32, I think any one of them, any one of them could be the first quarterback taken. And Ritter's a, he is smooth. He's like got he's got great footwork. He's an intelligent player. Like he's he feels like older than he is because like he's got like a small child and stuff. And I think he might even be married. It's like you know what a, what a university life he had. But um, he could easily go in the first round, and it could easily be that if the Lions do take a quarterback at thirty two, they could easily pick Ritter over Matt Corral. I feel that Matt Corral's potentially got more of an upside, but Matt Corral's also the sort of player who I think if a, if a GM is going to panic, they're going to be more likely to take Matt Corral than Desmond Ritter. But all four of these guys, all four of these quarterbacks, as much as I've kind of downplayed their ability, all four of them have got the ability to be starters in the NFL. Absolutely, definitely. I don't think anyone is taking a bum 
It's just whether you could wait, be patient and have someone fall to you in the second round. But it's such a risk. Ben Isaacs, what an incredible job you have done. That is all 32 picks in the 2022 NFL Ben Isaacs mock draft. Should we do round two now? Round two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know really round two in me. But, How many rounds you know, could you go for, Ben? Do you think? Oh this? boy, I don't. Do you know what? I was, I was. These are the sort of conversations we have around the dinner table. I was talking to my daughter about the draft, and she was like, <laughs> "God, it, it doesn't feel like that long since the draft." I, I know. Like, yeah, it it doesn't. But I'm excited that I'm excited. The next one is here. I mean, she, like, she's ten right now, so she was nine for the draft last year. She stayed up for like. A, a little bit of it and just was like I can't do this because she'd stayed up for half the draft when she was eight and was like why are we watching this yeah yeah it is like, a okay. bizarre thing when you kind of outside of the realms of the NFL world it does feel like a weird kind of almost dystopian thing that we're doing just drafting human beings to be a part yeah. of a certain organization and team and sending them to a place <laughs> where they're forced to live yeah you will you will live and work here but yeah, it, it feels a little bit weird. And unless you're um, Eli Manning, you have no decision in that matter either. Yeah, I, that's I, as as a kid, I always thought that was wild because, like, as a kid, there were two things I wanted to be. Right when I was about eight years old, I wanted to be either quarterback of the Chicago Bears or a Ghostbuster. And at eight, I did think like you know those are in theory, those are plausible. Yeah, in theory, those could happen. Um, and then kind of reading in first down, that's where I would get my draft information back then. You know, you'd wait for days to find out, you know, who's been drafted. And I remember like Brian Bosworth telling people before the draft, don't draft me. I'm not playing there. Don't draft me. I'm not playing there. And I thought, why doesn't everyone do this? Why doesn't everyone say, do you know what? No, not living there. Ooh, not going into that situation. That's a train wreck. But of course, it just, it just doesn't happen. I know they are, you know, handsomely rewarded financially in the first round especially back then when there was no kind of rookie rookie cap but it, it is a strange concept of just somebody some some rich guy wearing a tie deciding where your future lies where you are allowed to play and that it's very difficult to say mm, do you know what i'm not going to do that you've got to be in such a strong position to do that 100%. I'm sure this will be the first of many mock drafts that you do as well, as it oh. seems that opinions and analysis changes almost week to week when it comes to the NFL draft. Like Desmond Ritter, I don't even know who Desmond Ritter was about a month ago, and then suddenly because <laughs> of how the Cincinnati Bearcats making the playoffs, suddenly he's like, oh, he's a genuine contender now to go in the first round as a quarterback. And, and the thing is, if, if, we did this, if we did this mock draft a month ago, it would be totally different. Yeah. You know, because w- there were so, so many kind of dominoes that fall due to free agency it's like oh now they've got a hole and oh now they filled that hole they're going to look elsewhere and that's that's kind of that's kind of the fun of it and there's like a whole mock draft industry out there and i know some people are like oh mock draft they're pointless because it doesn't happen like that it's not meant to be a prediction it's like it's it's a discussion about who fits where would this be good this player or this player in that situation that's why i'm a mock draft addict i cannot get enough of them we are less than a month away. I can't mm. believe we're saying that. We are less than a month away from the NFL draft. So we will be back with plenty more College Days episodes as we get closer to that day. And don't worry, Nat will be back. I promise everyone. We will get Nat Coombs back from his holiday. He's just sunning himself in Rome right now, having a romantic time, having spending some family time before he starts dedicating himself solely to the NFL world and to the listeners of the Nat Coombe show. Ben, just a reminder to give yourself a break at some point. And also, please, can you talk to your daughter about something other than the NFL draft? Well, I'm going to I'm going to try. But I remember a few years back, I was doing something on um, I was just calling into a uh, as a guest on Talk Sport. This is like about four or five years ago. And she was still she was still just about awake. And I thought, I'll go up and I'll say goodnight. And she's like, Daddy, were you talking college football again? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I was, sweetheart. She said, yeah, I kept hearing you say Alabama. <laughs> uh, okay, you know, you go to sleep now. Yeah, this, it's, there's no getting away from it. For her. There is she's fine, with it. She's fine with it yeah she's used to it and i sadly i think she's gonna have to get even more used to it as i don't think this addiction of yours is going anywhere <laughs> soon but ben 
it could be much worse. Yes, it could be. There are worse addictions. There are certainly yeah. worse addictions. Yeah, I'm a draftaholic and that's fine. Exactly, exactly. Have an amazing rest of draft month, Ben, and I look forward to the next college days. I can't wait. Cheers, all. Sports Social Podcast Network.